0: Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me podcast network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mister Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mister Wonderful. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of Mister Wonderful Show. Happy to be here this week. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and give myself a follow on Twitter at Wonderful underscore Radio. You can stay up to date with everything going on with me. But also, more importantly, follow Throw Me Podcast Network. We're on YouTube, Thrill Me Podcast Network, which you're going to want to follow because as the year starts to wind down, you're going to see a few more Thrill Me Podcast videos dropping on our YouTube page involving Zach, myself, Review It Rob, and maybe even Tombstone Josh. Also, we're on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Network, as well as TikTok and Instagram. Through Me Podcast Network. You figured it out by now. All right, lot to get into this week. Uh, Thursday drop again. Things just getting crazy, but I have a movie review for you. You've got to see the menu, so we'll talk about that in a second. Also, everything going on with the DC universe. We'll try and get into what's happening. The latest news involving Henry Cavill as Superman. Scream 6 trailer dropped. Get into that. Plus... The Film Registry, the Library of Congress, announced the 25 films that are going to be going into the registry and forever be engraved in history. Some movies on there that we need to get into. And if we have time, we'll get into the blacklisted films of 2022. These are the movies that, well, scripts that came about this past year but we' never fully gone into the movie like got made into a feature-length film it doesn't mean these movies are bad doesn't mean they'll never happen in years past some of the films that have made the blacklist include what would eventually go on to be Oscar winners like Slumdog Millionaire Argo the Kings speech and many other award winners so if there's time we'll get into that if not, We'll talk about it at some point before the year comes to an end. So let's get into it. I want to start things off. Like I said, I, I stole this from the review at Rob's show. I like the way he does it. Let's get into the review first. So this is a non-spoiler review for the movie The Menu, which is about a couple, Anya T- Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt, who travel to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef, played by Rafe Fiennes, who has prepared a lavish menu, with some shocking surprises. So this is not a new film, per se. It is still in theaters right now. Probably going to really be in theaters for just a short while, depending on what city you're in. Uh, You know, in my town, I know with Avatar opening this evening, a lot of films that I was hoping to see are starting to get bounced. Bones and All is one of the films that I'm going to have to travel a bit of a ways to find if I want to see it in a movie theater now. But this film, I really liked. It looked interesting enough. It looked like it would be more of a horror suspense film, but it's actually more on the dark comedy side of things. There is some thriller to it. There is some suspense to it, but not so much of the horror or thriller that the trailer sells you that it's going to be. Actually, not even really that, it's violent, but it is not as violent, again, as the trailer sold it. It seemed like this was going to go one way in the trailer cell, but I am happy to say that it doesn't go that way. It, everything you think you might be expecting from this film, it delivers something else. It's very driven on its atmosphere, on a bit of a... I, I had a feeling of claustrophobic uh, feeling while watching this movie because of its setting. Being inside this building and really this one place where the kitchen staff, the chef and all of the rich folk that have paid their way into this fancy, fancy, super fancy, exclusive fancy dining situation find themselves uh, really just locked in this room. So it's 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 claustrophobic at times throughout most of the film. You, we, we do maybe get some moments where. Things happen outside of the area where people are that we get to see, but for the most part, it is very confined to one location for about 90, 90 plus percent of this movie is spent in that one location. But uh, circling back to the dark comedy thing, I think this is a dark comedy done right. It's got some jokes in there that are just truly, and it's, and, and, and Rafe helps the entire aspect of it 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 is a film that is really so good because of the cast that it has he is amazing as the steely-eyed chef that delivers certain lines that are just they cut right through like a butcher's knife of being hysterically funny I had a few moments of really bursting out loud laughing at some of the comedy that is in this film but don't get me wrong, this is not like a straight-up dark comedy or anything like that. It, it It is still a very suspenseful film. There is a lot going on. There's a lot of social commentary as well in this movie that I was surprised by. Now, it's really just the basic ingredients for that social commentary and, and where this film is going. But that basic setup and that basic situation really is just—it it sizzles to the point of 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 boiling the tension and the thrill until it all boils over. And yes, I am intentionally trying to use chef and and baking and cooking puns all throughout this review, but it is a it it, it is a bit of a slow burn, a slow cook. Like like any good meal, it takes its time. It delivers each section of this story And is all setting up and all leading to what is your final meal of this menu. And really just, again, the acting is superb in this movie. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is as good as she ever is. She is a wonderful actress, constantly knocking it out of the park. In all the movies I've seen her in, she really is a joy to watch. I know she isn't a fan of her performance in The Witch, but... I dug her performance in The Witch and I know that's her first film and that's a movie that made me go, "Hey, I'm I'm aware of who this actress is," and I have followed most of her career since then. I've seen a lot of her movies. She also ends up appearing in a lot of movies that I'm very interested in. But I remember when Split came out and everybody got a lot of people got their first taste of her. They Really enjoyed it and I was one of the few in the back that was like, hey, you should go watch the movie The Witch. It's really good, but she is as good as ever in this film. She is great opposite uh, Nicholas Holt, who is one of the most – he would make my short list if I was putting together a list of unlikable characters in a movie in 2022. Nicholas Holt's character in this film – drove me up the wall from the very open because it was clear that who this character is and what his intentions are and and, and what he thinks is not the same as what he's trying to present. So yeah, if, if I was putting together a list of characters I hated in 2022, his character from this movie would be on that list for sure. Big props to John Leguizamo in this film. Really loved his character of an actor who is trying to find that next big thing, uh, a kind of a washed-up actor in a way. So uh, two, the last two films now I've seen in theaters, John Leguizamo films, so good for him, having a little renaissance here at the end of 2022 and two major films with Violent Night, which you can go hear my review of that last week's episode as well as The Menu. But yeah, just overall, this is a really fun mix of actors of a story of of a claustrophobic just suspenseful dark comedy that you know not to give away anything it does have an ending that i don't think will satisfy everybody's taste buds it might be a little too sweet or not sweet enough for some people but i really enjoyed the ending of this film as well i actually thought it was aesthetically pleasing it was satisfying to me in a weird way and I dug this movie. Now, Will it be on my top films of 2022 list? Well, I guess you're going to have to tune into to the Thrillby Podcast Network YouTube page to find out where all of our top 10 films fall. That's why I mentioned you're going to want to follow that YouTube. Lots of things in the plans. Lots of recordings going on with all of us as we approach the holidays. So yeah, two big thumbs up. Check out the menu when you get a chance. Really uh, an enjoyable film. And we'll see if it cracks my top 10 for 2022 now moving on to some of the other news and notes from this week there's really only one big thing that we're going to get into and that is the superhero bits and notes involving DC and everything that has happened with James Gunn and all the announcements at DC recently so it appears James Gunn and company have mapped out their future of the DC films. They have figured it out. They have the plan in place. This is supposed to be a 10-year overarching. Everything matters from games to television to whatever piece of production they put out. It all matters. And now we have learned that Wonder Woman 3 is not moving forward at DC Studios. Uh, We weren't really sure what happened But Patty Jenkins did set the record straight where she took to Twitter and revealed some of the inaccuracies that were getting reported because reports were coming out that uh, after she turned in her first treatment for the upcoming Wonder Woman 3 film that she was not going to cooperate with the studio and she had walked away and she wasn't going to direct it and yada, yada, yada. She cleared up that, yes, she did turn in a treatment. Yes, all of that happened, but she was open to walking away, or she was open to working with Warner Brothers and DC. She did not kill the film. She did not walk away from it, like reports suggested, and she was willing to do anything that was asked of her, and she was open to working with them. But it was her understanding that there was nothing that she could do to move anything forward at that time due to what was happening up above, And that's going to be the theme of this is that everything we talk about from this point forward seems to be the people that were in charge prior were moving forward one way and then the decision was made for James Gunn uh, to come in and once they started to change things up, Gunn and Peter Safran stepping into that head of the table for DC Studios, that's where everything started to change because... As Patty Jenkins states, there really was nothing that she could do with the changes at the studio. She went on to say that she was honored to bring the two Wonder Woman films to the public, yada, 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 obviously is upset that she can't complete the trilogy and all of that. But James Gunn did back up what Jenkins had said in her tweet and said that he can attest that all of their interactions were pleasant and professional. So, boom. You know, there's really no drama there. Uh, I know Patty Jenkins also did reveal some of the stuff with her Star Wars film and what she was doing with Lucasfilms and that uh, part of why that got pushed back and that got canceled. Actually, I don't remember if it was canceled or if it was just postponed, but part of why was the Wonder Woman 3. She started working on that and couldn't focus in on the Star Wars stuff, so that's why they pulled the plug on that. But now that the Wonder Woman 3 stuff is off the table, her and Lucas Films have had a conversation again. And it appears that she is sliding back into working on her Star Wars stuff. So it's not all bad news for Patty Jenkins. There seems to be some light at the end of the tub- tunnel. And for us who enjoy Patty Jenkins' work, if you like her stuff, you at least have that to start looking forward to. It appears that she's back in talks and is going to get her Star Wars film back. Now, I am bummed we're not going to see the conclusion of the trilogy, but Gal Gadot was going to make $20 million if they're moving in a different direction. Sure, why not? But what we still don't know is whether or not Gal is out as... Wonder Woman, because there's the possibility that she could still be playing the character and they just do something else and incorporate her in other ways. Now, a character we do know and an actor we do know that won't be returning, and this was the big news that we're really going to focus on, is that when James Gunn tweeted out last night, he revealed that Superman will be a huge part of what is to come, but that Henry Cavill will not be back as Superman so Gunn revealed that he's working on the script for the next Superman movie which will look at a younger version of the character he did claim this is not an origin story which I know some people out there are claiming it's an origin story and we don't want that yada 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 but Gunn is claiming that this is actually more of just young Clark Kent young Superman working being the journalist that he is and all of that which does sound in a way like an origin story we're just not gonna see Krypton destroyed and all of that stuff and and then his coming to earth and his figuring out like it just doesn't seem like we're gonna get go the small Smallville route and and everything that we've gotten in every other Superman film so it appears we're going to lean into like what what Spider-man was the first one in the MCU where it's we know the basic backstory everybody does everybody knows he's an alien that came here his planet was destroyed he gets his powers from the sun and he's our protector and his dad died and he couldn't save him not because of a twister but because of a natural just life situation it's the only thing that I have like there's two things from the Man of Steel movie with Henry Cavill that get me every time and it is the His dad dies by a twister and the killing of Zod. And I'm willing to accept the killing of Zod. I am willing to accept that a little bit more, even though Superman isn't supposed to kill. I'm willing to accept that. I struggled the most with the accepting that his father dies because he couldn't save him when he could save him. Because the world wasn't ready for his powers yet that's no the death of his father is supposed to be more because of the fact that it's a natural situation it's it's a heart attack it's something that Clark aka Superman cannot prevent from happening not something he can prevent something he cannot which helped shape him more on the human side of things so that's the one that's the one hiccup in man of Steel that I really do cannot and still have not been able to get past and I I really just hate when I rewatch it and that sequence comes up because the putting the hand up don't save me thing just it does not work for me it doesn't that's no no sorry It, it doesn't work for me but Henry Cavill is out we're gonna get a younger version of the character and it will play a part in this and you might be going but but wonderful wasn't didn't he just show up in Black Adam? He did. And there's a whole other thing going on with that as well, with people claiming it's a box office failure, The Rock claiming it's a box office success. It kind of falls more in the middle of, it's not really a failure, but it's definitely not a success. It could be with a sequel, maybe if you don't spend as much money and you you know, focus in a little bit more on fixing up some of the things that, that made... Black Adam, a little less entertaining than it was, and and I gave it a positive review, just barely, but I did give it a positive review after seeing it, it, it had enough in there that I was able to enjoy, but you know, it, that film falls more somewhere in the middle of, yeah, it was successful, but it also definitely wasn't what the studio was hoping for, that when they look at the finances, go, yeah, it made us money, but... It's like the Ghostbusters 2016 film. Everybody thinks it's a failure. It was a success, but it was also enough of a success that when everybody was like, we're doing Ghostbusters again, they toned the budget way, way down because they recognized maybe putting that much money into that film, not the best of ideas if we put less in we're going to still get a great movie out of it because the 2016 ghostbusters is a very good film it is just cost a lot of money to make it's it's a it's a hefty price tag for for that movie which is why its profit doesn't seem so good but then you look at afterlife which had like an 80 80 million dollar budget and it goes on and and easily smashes that you keep the films at a tight budget you don't allow them to go very far over, that's great. You know, you look at films like Aquaman 2 that are coming, the reports are that it's over the $200 million budget now. You know, okay, that's that's a lot of money to, to throw into a film, and the amount of success you'd need from that is just so much bigger. So maybe Black Adam 2 is toned down a little bit in budget, and you won't go as as hefty on the cgi aspect of things as you did and spend as much uh but the news is still a bit of a shock after that return uh i feel somewhat bad for henry cavill let's be real the guy was thought he was done as superman went on got a show on netflix in the witcher became a huge success for netflix he's got his new starring role he's moved on then the powers that be that were there prior to James Gunn coming into, into power were like, hey, come back. Dwayne wants you back. We want to put you in Black Adam. We're, we're even going to move forward on a third film. To, okay, I'm going to quit my show The Witcher. Liam Hemsworth is going to take over my role. And I've got Superman back. So I'm committed to playing this character again. To fast forward a month later, we have a new head of DC. And James Gunn announces that we are getting a new Superman movie, but a younger version, and Cavill's out. Now, again, this is not to say that Henry Cavill is done in the DC universe, because there were some reports that he was still being floated around as a possibility to play some somebody else within this new extended universe of theirs. But Henry Cavill is out, and that was not the only... DC News as well that broke. There were other reports saying that James Gunn and Matt Reeves were looking to bring Robert Pattinson into the DC universe that they were creating and find a way to slide that character in there. Both James Gunn and Matt Reeves denied those rumors and cleared up that that is not at all what they are looking to do. Uh, The source, they, they, they pretty much said the source is unreliable and don't do, no, that is not a thing, but they did confirm the Henry Cavill stuff that he is out again. Uh, So at this point, I'm starting to believe that the reports that Jason Momoa is done playing Aquaman after Aquaman two and he'll be playing Lobo moving forward. I'm, I'm leaning towards those reports are, are accurate. And we're going to find that out pretty soon. Uh, You know unless Aquaman unless they don't announcement and they're waiting for Aquaman 2 to come out and they're waiting to see the money for that uh, because you know I mentioned again that's that's now over 200 million in in budget so if it ends up being that slight success or failure like if this thing is not a massive success like the first film I could see them absolutely at that point going yep and Momo is done we're not doing an Aquaman 3 but he'll be Lobo in this insert whatever movie. So, things are weird right now at DC. Uh, things are getting; they're only going to keep getting weirder and worse. I I think we are not through all of the crap yet. Because uh, it feels like it feels like a hero's journey type deal right now. It, it really does with the idea of we thought we we had hit the low, but we still haven't even hit the lowest of lows yet for some of our favorite characters franchises. And then when we do, things will be a little bit brighter on the other side. So it's like a sad, weird, happy type of feeling where I'm upset that we're not going to get more Henry Cavill. He really loved being that character. I thought I I wanted to really see him get an actual proper conclusion to playing the character. That's never going to happen now. I mean, it's... It is. It's just going to keep getting weirder for the time being. So we got to roll with the punches over there. But I am also excited and curious to see what is on the other side. What is this Superman movie that James Gunn is writing? What are the direction that they're going in? Will these characters still be there? And one last bit of DC news to get to. I'm really just fully ripping off the review at Rob show this week And in DC news... The other news that we learned is James Gunn and Ben Affleck do want to work together for DC films. They want to do it. But Ben Affleck's probably done playing Batman. It appears that Ben wants to be involved, but on the director side of things, and James Gunn put out that they just need to find the right project for him. So there's a possibility that he could direct a Batman movie. There's the possibility that he could come in and direct something new for them. But either way, Ben Affleck still has a good working relationship with them and it seems that he will be behind the camera at some point for an upcoming DC film. And that's what I mean by the, oh, it's sad because I love Ben Affleck as Old Man Batman. And I love would love to see more of that. and I And I was hoping that Maybe we were going to get the quick move forward on the, hey, that Batman film that you were working on that you were going to direct and star in. Yeah, pick up. Where were you guys at? Let's go. Come on. That's not happening. But Ben's still going to be involved. And I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I do find it interesting, though, that with all of the announcements, I think that everything that's come out could possibly hurt DC in 2023. Films like Shazam 2, you know, now that everybody keeps getting recast or their films are canceled, where are we going to go with Shazam? What's going to happen there? You know, are we going to get a Shazam 3? Uh, does this film matter at the end of the day? Are, are these actors safe? Are they, are they out? Or what's happening there? I, I think that out of all of the actors and the films that are coming out, next year. Uh really the big three, I should say, Shazam, Aquaman, and The Flash. I feel like Shazam might be the safest one, unless this second film does like, oh, and and yeah, we did film a Henry Cavill Superman moment, or we did film a bet, or or we name dropped or shot something with Ben as as Batman. That might mm that could make it an issue. But as of now to me, Shazam is the reason that first film worked was it kept itself separate while acknowledging. So the fact that we never did have that actual face of Superman at the end of the film means that, well, we know Superman exists and they are putting Superman in in the universe again. So it doesn't really matter that if what Superman it was, because we know Superman exists. We know Batman exists. He had that, you know, so there were the references to these characters that we know they're going to keep there but we never saw the actors that are being replaced or no longer involved or just moving to behind the camera. We never saw their faces. So I think there's room for that. So unless there is a direct connection to any of the names that I mentioned, I think they're fine. Aquaman 2, I, I shared my thoughts, you know, I think the Lobo news at this point is is just moments away from being confirmed or we're going to wait to see what the film does and then they'll make the decision there but the flash film is the one that i'm actually really interested in now because out of everybody that's being replaced and all of that and you know ezra miller is the one that has the most baggage to him replacing henry cavill and and Gal Gadot, you know, Gal's got her. You know, I know there are detractors for everybody out there. and But Gal's biggest detractors are, hey, she is from Israel, so she had to, by mandatory nature of that country, be a part of the Israeli army. So there are people out there that are pissed that she, she was a part of that. And the Imagine video as well did not help during the COVID lockdowns, which if you have not watched The Boys... This past season, they mocked that brilliantly to where it it reminds you of just how cringeworthy that really was. So those are like the two knocks on her. As far as Momoa goes, everybody loves the guy. As far as Henry Cavill goes, everybody loves the guy. So, you know, you have you have people that don't have. Although I think I've seen some negative—there is some negativity towards Henry Cavill, actually, now that I think about it. Momoa is really probably the one that eh, has—there's some negativity I've seen towards Momoa as well. Uh, But the Momoa stuff is over his canned water thing. Some people have gone at him and said, uh, you're actually not helping the environment. You're, You're just money hungry and all of that, and went into why his canned water actually isn't good. Uh, And it really just comes down to, if you're not recycling it, you're actually making more of an issue. So while you think you're doing something, you actually might have created a different problem. So there's been, like, those detractors on him. But outside of that, like, it's not the level of what Ezra has had accusations of and has had warrants out. You know, nobody's putting a warrant out for Jason Momoa's arrest because he's selling canned water. You just have some environmentalists that are saying you did bad, but there are actual arrest warrants out for that guy. And that film is still safe. That actor hasn't been replaced, but I think it's because that film is going to play the big catalyst to what comes next I think they are going to use that as the reset which is what a lot of us have said for a long time which is if you're going to reset this the the Zack Snyderverse and you want to start replacing characters that would be the way to do it because you can with the Flash you can introduce the multiverse which also in a way could lead to them replacing Ezra Miller after all of this I, I don't think anybody that's been a part of anything that Zack Snyder did is coming back and any point in time at this point that and if they do it is not in the roles that they originally got under under Snyder you know Lobo Momoa Henry Cavill taking on something else in in the universe now uh, what I will say is in Henry Cavill's case I think it would be cool for Marvel to swoop in and pull him over and we could probably get him into a Marvel film now that he's done over at DC but yeah Again, things are going to just keep getting weirder and weirder and weirder over there before they get any better. Uh, All right, before we go, uh, I mentioned we're probably not going to get to the blacklisted films of 2022. We'll save that uh, for another day. But do want to quickly talk about the Scream 6 trailer that came out or the teaser trailer that came out. Kind of steals the Jason Takes Manhattan theme since we're putting Ghostface in New York. But like the first time we got to see the trailer... For Jason Takes Manhattan, it gave me kind of the sense of that with the shots of New York City and seeing Ghostface in New York and all of that. uh, The way that Jason Takes Manhattan showed you the city and showed you the little bit of Jason being in Manhattan uh, to really sell the fact of, hey, we're we're putting this in a new location from what you know. Of course, if you've seen Jason Takes Manhattan, you know that it's like 10 minutes of the film and... It makes absolutely no sense how we went from a lake uh, to New York City. But okay, whatever. With, without, I don't even want to get into that. Uh, the Scream 6 trailer, though, takes us into the subway. Uh, a place where Jason had gone as well. And and I really like this sh- teaser trailer. It's a little bit of about a minute. Uh, you know, this the pitch of, in a city so big, no one really can hear you or, or notice you screaming and we see your survivors from the last film all on the train and it looks like it's set around Halloween because there there's a Halloween party, people in costumes. I love the costumes. I watched this trailer so many times just to start breaking down the costumes. You have Pinhead on that train. There is a really clever I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to Zach just because I, I was like, hey, did you see Jason? Was was on the train and he was like, "Huh?" and I sent him the screenshot. It's very quick, but there is somebody in the background behind one of the Ghostface uh mask cuz there are multiple on the train, but behind one of the Ghostface there is somebody wearing the Jason mask from that part, from that version of Jason Takes Manhattan, sitting there on the train talking to somebody else. But I love the elevated horror characters as well. You have the Baba Duke in there, uh the the Ready or Not Characters, considering this is Radio Silence, who made Ready or Not. So just so many little things in that one-minute teaser hidden and and the Easter eggs in there that that got me so excited. And also it was a very tense one-minute setup. I'm very nervous for our, you know, re leg legacy characters now can we call them legacy characters or requel characters, so to say. So I was very nervous for them. And I think that I'm excited. I'm very excited for that. That teaser trailer got me super stoked. I think it's going to utilize the New York city setting very well. And, uh, yeah, sign me up. I mean, I already was signed up, but March, 2023, let's, let's tune into the YouTube throw me podcast network and, uh, See where this film falls on my hype list of 2023. Because, again, a lot's going to be dropping there. Um, I think we have, yeah, we got some time to get into the film registry really quickly. Uh, I won't spend too much time on this, but the Library of Congress has announced and unveiled their list of 25 films that have been chosen to be preserved in the National Film Registry. Uh, In order to qualify, films have got to be at least 10 years old and culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, Now, the organization made the selections after conferring with the distinguished members of the Film Preservation Board and a small group of library specialists. Now, additionally, 6,865 titles nominated by the public were considered, but one of the most notable 2022 inductees is Marvel Studios' 2008 film Iron Man, which kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe is still to this day, a film that I think holds up extremely well. I love that movie. I think it's, uh, you know, I really can go back and rewatch that first Iron Man movie a lot. So it makes sense. It's a film that, that also, you know, not just kicked off the Marvel cinematic universe, but I think reshaped the film industry at that time. Cause after that film came out and Marvel successfully accomplished telling origin story sequels and leading all of that tying into a big get-together film. It's what led to everybody trying to create a universe. I mean, we spent how much time talking about DC? They saw Marvel do it and went, go do that, Zack Snyder, and then let him have full range and then was like, what just happened? I don't know what happened. Reset, reset. Uh, you know, and now we're on the seventh reset of that. Anybody remember the Dark Universe? I know one person listening at least remembers the Dark Universe. I try to scrub that from my brain because i like to remember that. I'd like to not remember, at least, that I sat through that first film, that whatever that was, and had to sit through it a second time as well. I thought I would be one and never see again, and it ended up being a second one. Thanks for review it, Rob. But Iron Man has gone in uh, absolutely deserving. Some of the other titles that were selected included Disney's The Little Mermaid, which I'm shocked wasn't already in there. Uh, John Waters' Hairspray, yeah, classic. That was That's a film that culturally kicked open the door for a lot of different things, uh, especially bigger women being seen for really one of the first times on the big screen in a positive light. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, yeah, that's a classic. Brian De Palma's adaptation of Carrie, there's another Travolta film going in, because uh, you might remember Travolta was in the remake of Hairspray. Uh, But the Palma's adaptation of Carrie goes in. Uh, (laughs) House Party went in, as it should. And if you have not seen the trailer for the upcoming remake of House Party, I do recommend watching the Red Band trailer. I laugh every single time I see that trailer. And there's one specific moment as well that makes me laugh that my fiance was like, you laugh every time at that point. I'm like, it's just funny. All right. It's funny. It's going to make me laugh every time because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but House Party went in and then uh, an, another one that uh, really caught my eye was the exploitation classic Superfly is going into the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. So congratulations to those films. Uh, you know, it's it's an honor. These are the movies that that they consider culturally important to the, where they need to be preserved forever so yeah I'm uh, I'm a fan of uh, of, of uh, that little list right there so congratulations to them alright that'll do it this week again if you haven't followed us yet the only podcast network across all socials but Twitter but you can find me on Twitter wonderful underscore radio I've got the blue check mark that you know is me because if you click on the blue check mark it says I am a legacy blue check mark who may or may not be notable these days thanks space karen elon musk peace and love everybody